Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something Podcast, where we absolutely hate Zoom. Zoom, <laughs> you are the worst conferencing software in the world, but we don't care because we're leaving. We okay. are. We're not just leaving. We're going to send you a mean, hateful, spirited email. You people. <laughs> Let's just get to it, Eric. Yeah. No. So everybody, we have had a time, uh, and our next guest is so freaking unbelievable um, and so understanding. But uh, Zoom, we're coming for you. You better be ready. You. <sighs> anyway. Okay, but on to positive stuff, Larry. Yeah. How is work on the short going? Do you have a title yet? Uh, no title yet. I don't know. It, it seems like, you know, I'm kind of, and I, you and I have talked about this before about, you know, as you're writing it, it, it's like, well, if you start writing, if you have like a working title, but then you get into it and you go, oh man, I just found the, the greatest uh, title in the world, like working through, you know, the script or doing your shoot. So I'm kind of trusting the process and hopefully I, I say, hopefully with, with the biggest air quotes ever, I'll find a title um, while I'm shooting or on set. So, but location, um, I've, I've almost got them nailed down and, and I've got to go out. I've got to go out of town for that. So I'm setting everything up, but I have, I have my little storyboards and the way I do storyboards is like stick figures. So I remember doing um, that in film school. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I'm still doing that. So uh, I'm, I'm back to the uh, the fourth grade. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> so yeah, but I, I've got it, and I've got like again, man. I'm I'm really gonna practice on doing lighting and shadows okay. and sound design. So yeah, so it's almost there, bro. Yeah. And as on my end, the rewrite of Hillsborough Road is going well. Um, again, setting a slasher movie nowadays, ridiculously hard because of cell phones. But I found workarounds for it that I'm very happy with. Oh, sorry about that burp. Also, <laughs> me and you are about to announce... An awesome script that we wrote together, Dylan Slasher Movie Reviews, is going to be coming on board. It was the most fun. We, we were going to do uh, our recap of American Horror Story, but I was just like, hey, Larry, let, let's see where this goes. And we went about, we went feature length on this pitch, and right. it was the most fun ever. Yes. So apart from writing, rewriting Hillsborough Road, working on that with you, and trying to get I Know Your Secret going, I've got about maybe an hour of sleep, and that's because of my insomnia. <laughs> but Larry, I want to talk about something involving our next guest. Yes. I am always fascinated by filmmakers' first films. That's always what inspires me most. Whether it be Kevin Smith <clears throat> with Clerks or the ultimate Robert Rodriguez with El Mariachi. And our guests today remind me so much of the El Mariachi script. Um, there will be links to their stuff in the description. And it is 
absolutely inspiring to me as a filmmaker. And I know you've got a lot to say also. Don't get me started. But I got to say, before we introduce our, our next guest, um, doing, doing research and watching their behind the scenes and watching their trailer, which, by the way, and I, I kid you not, their trailer is almost like, like a short film that that could win awards if they sent it to I don't know, Cans or that little Sundance or Con. without a, without a doubt the Southern Short Awards. Well, without a doubt, yes, yes, the Southern Shorts, yes. Actually, they they may blow up the Southern Shorts Awards. Well, we'll we'll, we'll explain that but, later. Our joke about yeah, that I, award show. I I I do want to say that watching their their trailer, it's. You know, they talk in their bio that it, it was 80s and 90s inspired. And watching a trailer, I get automatically in my head um, Steven Spielberg's uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, because of the aesthetic, the look, the color, the way it's shot. I love their setups. And, and what's even more unbelievable and but is that they did it on a no budget, their film on a no budget um the behind the scenes you know what let's just get them on and talk to them because we're talking like they're not even <laughs> we're yeah. not even gonna but okay ladies and gentlemen uh i'd like to introduce elliot and xander weaver hello everybody hello wow wow what an intro uh i mean thank this is you guys so much for coming on and being so under understanding no uh, well thank you for inviting us and thanks for well, I mean, there's just like a string of compliments there. We're British. We don't take compliments <laughs> very well. We get all squirmy. We're like, oh, 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 very embarrassed about all this. So <laughs> it's very kind of you. And uh, we are, I mean, to even be sort of mentioned in the same sentence as people like Kevin Smith and Rodriguez. And then, of course, like Steven Spielberg is just insane. So, we, you know, we're just very excited to talk about filmmaking films talk to you guys hear about your projects like they all sound really interesting i was happy to sit here we were storyboards like we're all in that camp drawing yep. stick men that's figures, what we yeah. did with cosmos and um yeah so thanks for inviting us along. Yeah, thank you very much guys wow absolutely absolutely you know the the first thing that that um comes to mind is watching your behind the scenes and by the way everybody that that is happened like to listen to this right now you have to visit um, look down in the description, and they have their website. <clears throat> um, and you gotta, you gotta paste it into your email. You gotta click on it, but still listen to the show. And you have to watch um, what's going on. It's just, it, I, I okay, I'm, I'm a little flustered because <laughs> I'm, I'm so impressed by, by the way that you guys handle yourself on set and the things that you've put together because this is what all filmmakers want to do right they don't and i hate to say well they don't have time they don't have this they don't have the resources that that you you guys have taken that all out of the equation with your movie because everybody has the time and yes everybody has the resources you just have to be creative and have the balls to put it together and do it so um Tell us, my God, my God, how how long did it actually take to make your film Cosmos? Well, it took quite a while. Um, 
again, thank you very much. Like we, 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 Cosmos was actually a project that was born out of another project. Uh, when I'm 31, uh, Xander's 28. Um, and when Xander left school at 18, I, I'd left school before him. Neither of us went to university. We just sort of tinkered around doing things. And I was basically waiting for my brother to leave school so we could make a film together and, and get cracking on this, this thing that we wanted to do. So we wrote another film called Encounter, which was a sci-fi movie also. And um, we did that classic thing, which is, do we write the film we know we can achieve <clears throat> or do we write the film we'd like to see and cross that bridge later. And obviously, we wrote the film we wanted to see. Being, um, being young and foolish. Yeah, and we actually, and then we had to cross that bridge. So we started putting a team together, and we needed investment, and we got some great people attached. But when talking to the money people, the challenge that we all face, they kept saying, look, you guys are great. This is a nice story. You've got a great team. But, you know, you've never made a film before. So it's a bit of a risk. What we suggest is you go away, make a movie, and prove that you can make a movie and then come back to us and we were like oh incredibly frustrated by this because we thought well that's what we're trying to do you know we can do it just trust us but fair enough so we then went let's go back to the drawing board let's do probably what we should have done in the first place which is write a script that we could achieve with the resources we had and that's how cosmos was born and you know we we have like in the film the film is set in a like a saloon I think it's a saloon vehicle. Is it a saloon? <laughs> well, we don't call it that here, but um, <laughs> um, it's like a, a Volvo sort of car, and that's our car. That was our dad's car. We have a lot of computer screens because, like, we're filmmakers and stuff. So we just looked at what we had and went, "What can we do?" And so we wrote this movie. And it, as I said right at the beginning, it started as being this vehicle project to get the other film off the ground. But inevitably, in the five years that it, well, now six years that we've been working on it, we actually have fallen completely in love with Cosmos and we often say if someone could you know give us a briefcase full of money and a time machine the DeLorean turned up and went do you want to go back and make that movie we'd be like no we're really happy with where we are and what we've done so five five years to make and then we've spent the last year doing distribution and it's been a long old journey but yeah, and, and like you said, it's, it, it was born out of this um, this thing that I think all filmmakers face, which is uh, how do you get that first feature film off the ground? How do you gain that trust? Where do you find the funding? And we'd, we'd been working so hard on this previous film, this encounter film, and we just we got to the point and we said, you know what, let's just see if we can do it with what we have. We freelanced for a few years, so we had some equipment. And like El said, we just looked around and thought, what, what story can we tell? And as you've mentioned, uh, Eric, in the intro, took a leaf out of Rob, Robert Rodriguez's book and tried to just write something that we could achieve and, and go down that route. So it's been a long journey, but we are here now. And uh, <laughs> we we, survived. we're glad we started the journey. So before we get into the other amazing stuff you guys have going on, can you tell us a little bit about the story of the film? Absolutely. Yeah, the uh, Cosmos is uh, a film that follows three... A space scientists who during the day and for their day job they work in um, space science so they design satellites or equipment for stargazing but on a Friday evening they kit out their car with all manner of stellar studying equipment and they have a little astronomy group and they go out into the field and they stargaze for fun as a hobby and you know there's one of the astronomers is a radio astronomer so he listens, listens to the sound of space one of them is an optical astronomer. He looks at, he takes pictures of stars and things. And on this one night that we joined them, 
they stumble across a signal from outer space. And the film, you know, we thought it would be a really interesting idea because we've seen signal movies in the past before where, you know, some extraterrestrial races beamed something to Earth. But we thought it would be really interesting to tell that story, but from a very personal point of view, like what would happen if it wasn't NASA or or SETI that discovered that signal, but it was three ordinary people and they were on their own. Would people believe them? How would they prove it? Was it even real? Is it a hoax? Who knows? So all of these different ideas were floating around and we just thought it would be it would be a cool a cool thing to set in the confines of a car and see if we could make work. Wow. Take my money. <laughs> you do. And and you know, that's the thing that, you know, I think when people go back and they watch um the trailer and and no joke, I mean you give you give us you give us just enough to go, oh my God, what did they find? What's happening? And then I I, I really do have to talk about the score. Um oh, yeah. uh I mean there's but see, it's such a well rounded and put together project that um uh reading your bio you know you do mention and you know that's what i think people who are non-filmmakers and they watch a lot of like entertainment tonight or e e television before it was a kardashian television (laughs) and and they see and they see all these people and they go oh yeah you know and they make it sound so easy and i know and I, I, Eric knows, and I know you guys know that that's not the case. And and the way, like, the best case scenario when you're a filmmaker, that's the best case scenario. So you really yeah. have to plan about, you know, the plan B, the plan C, all the way to plan Z, just in case things don't work out. Kind of like what we went through this 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 <laughs> evening. But um, uh, t- talk a little bit about um if you can go back five years ago and obviously when we say five years ago i don't think does it feel like five years ago or does it feel like a couple months ago oh, i would it say feels, it, feels, yeah. it feels like a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's uh, been a, it's been a long journey yeah so yeah. uh yeah. life has changed a lot in that time for us in general and uh and and the uh the process of making the film in the way that we made it uh it, it certainly does, you know, it feels like a very long time to me. But yeah. but that's not to say it hasn't been an enjoyable experience as well. You know, actually, we've enjoyed every every second of it. It's been very hard, yeah. very long, but it has been enjoyable. This is this thing, like, you know, you guys all know, filmmaking is <clears throat> it's this really bizarre creative form because we, we I really envy musicians, right? Because although, of course, their entire art form requires years of discipline and you know i'm not saying they just, it's not hard they obviously practice and they learn but if some person can play the piano if they want to express themselves they just go hey watch this you know and they sit at the piano yeah. and off they go and you're like going wow you know wow, i wish yeah. i could express myself so immediately like with filmmaking it's like okay give me five years <laughs> yeah and yeah I'll, I'll come back to you and i'll show you what i feel or so, if you go to someone and you say oh, i i think i I think I could write a good album. I think I could play, you know, I could be a singer. And they go, okay, well, sing for me. You know, yes. play me some of your music. And it's like, okay, here we go. Here's maybe the guitar or whatever. With filmmaking, it's like, Prove oh, it. I think I could be a film director. I need money for that. Um, can, can you give me the money? Well, go and make a film. Oh, you know, right. cut, cut to five years later, you know, and you're like, okay, I got it. 
stumbling in with your DVD. I, I've got the movie finally. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it would be lovely to have that kind of immediate expression. Um, but it is, I don't know, I don't think any of us would trade it, right? Because it's just very special. Not at all. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, just to, so five years ago, what we did in, in it's actually six years ago now, actually, uh, in August 2013, um, we started that's when we decided to go and do this this new film so in about three weeks three or four weeks we got an idea together we stood in our kitchen and went okay let's take this seriously thrashed out some ideas came up with this story and then the whole the whole ethos about cosmos the whole we just said like xander has said we were so frustrated with having to ask permission and yeah be given not not be able to do what we wanted to do that we just went the whole we are not going to do this project unless we can have complete control over it like we'll shoot it we'll write it we'll cut it we'll grade it we'll do everything we can we'll crew it so that we know even if we if you know if we can't find support for yeah. it if people are you know if someone doesn't want to come and help us film it it doesn't matter. We can do we, it. We can, we'll just do it. Yeah. We can always fall back on us just doing it. So the whole, that, that, and that's why we were like, let's try and f set this film in a car because it's something we've got. But, like, you know, it's set over one night. There are no location changes, pretty much. 70% of the movie set in a car. So we just wrote this film. And, you know, again, we did that thing where we're like, we want a 90-page script. If we do one page a night after work, you know, three months, we'll have a script. And that's what we did. And then we just launched straight into storyboarding and getting some props together. And we designed some things. And we, the casting of the actors was something we spent the longest time on. We spent about one, one year. It was the year of 2014 while doing other things as well, just yeah. finding these three guys because we knew, again, that um, our hair was going to be on fire making this movie. And we, <laughs> needed, we needed three guys that would, were in the ballpark you know, 80% yeah. of the time, their instincts were right. Um, we weren't going to have to be like putting lights up and then going, no, can you, a bit more like this, a bit more like that. So we auditioned lots of people yeah. and we had to go, look, there's no money. So, you know, we can't pay you. Are you okay with that? Um, <laughs> and the other, the funny thing is like, again, complete, na completely naively, we said to the actors, well, we reckon this will be a 10 day shoot. This will be far... <laughs> <laughs> this will be five two-day um yeah five two-day weekends you know we'll just do saturday sunday five times and we'll be done you know yeah, yeah. okay cool and it ended up being a 55 day shoot um <laughs> which after like our third night i shoot, mean we were like okay this is this is not gonna happen like you know? arguably that that could be considered a stroke of genius right like it's only gonna be 10 days guys yeah it turns out to be 55 no, we, no. that was not intentional no, that, that was, was completely yeah and we still have a laugh with that about it you know with the actors but uh yeah, yeah it the whole process was again we, we we've known i've actually got it here we've known about this book uh robert rodriguez's rebel without a crew since we were very young uh we were lucky enough that our dad our dad loved films, he loved filmmaking. And when we were young, he was like, he used to read this book for inspiration. And uh, he used to say to us, you should read this book, you should read this book. And then eventually when we were in our teenage years, we eventually did. And we knew of El Mariachi and how he did this crazy thing. And um, that really did form the backbone for Cosmos. We were like, let's just, he did it. We can do it too. Um, let's just do it. And, and that's basically flash forward five years. It was just that whole process of doing that 
we'll do it ourselves philosophy and and build a film hand make a film basically yeah you know as you guys uh as you guys are talking and and recounting this i just gotta say one thing before you get into that larry yeah that book really encouraged me again i wasted some time in film school but that whole thing he talked about selling his medical his body to medical science i read about that and I found, you know, UCLA, because back when I was living in Los Angeles, they were they would do testing on stuff. I tested a pill, and now I have seizures. No <laughs> Yeah, I've been on seizure medication for like six years. Oh, no. That is... <laughs> that's, that's, oh, God, that's I'm no sorry good. to hear that. So but, it's, a, it's an encouraging book, but don't do everything. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <clears throat> yeah definitely word of warning i wouldn't go for medical tests as it turns out well i actually i got paid i don't drink but this place paid me four hundred dollars to test this pill that's not supposed to give you a hangover oh right oh okay <laughs> and, and that did it it's, it turns out it didn't give you a hangover but it's not not so good in the long run yeah but now i'm a raging alcoholic so you know oh. there's always <laughs> Silver lining. Every cloud has a silver lining. <laughs> you always gotta look for the good in everything, right? Yeah. Um, that's funny. What you know when you say crew and stuff? Um, I mean, really, it was mainly you two, and then I think you said the actors were crew. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You had one more guy, right? Yeah. Um, so the team, the team for Cosmos, for for ninety percent of the shoot was three actors: uh, Elliot, myself, and our mom. So that was the, that was it was six people, right? So uh, every crew needs an onset mom as well. You know, our mom has yeah, uh, always been very supportive of us, and uh, she was there doing makeup and hair and continuity and all sorts. Always just a great help. So yeah, so six people, um, and then for ten percent of the time on some of the exteriors and the yeah. bigger things, we might have a friend who would come and help us with the smoke machine or something like that, or. Um, someone to wave their hand in front of the lights to make it look like the car was driving when it wasn't, you know. Um, but it was it was really, really basic and really guerrilla. And, um, yeah, we were inspired by Robert Rodriguez and stories similar like Gareth Edwards and Monsters to kind of just just get get oh, the kit. Another great story. Yeah, that's a great one. Get the kit that we had available and get out there because, you know, so much of what you read online is, oh, you need this or this is the latest camera and there's this you know, resolution war going on and all of that stuff. And we wanted to just shake it off and go, you know what, sod it. We've got a camera. Let's go do it. And that's what we did. And 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 we hope that people who check out the making of or check out the trailer or indeed check out the film, I don't know. I we really hope that they will go, let's just let's just try ourselves, whether it's a short film or a music video or a feature, whatever it is, like let's stop chasing the kit and let's just get on with it. Yeah. I love that. I love that because, you know, because that's the thing, you know, we talk to a lot of filmmakers and a lot of filmmakers who want to go and do, but they're like, oh, but I don't have fill in the blank. And and yeah. that, I'm sorry, man, just what you, that kind of pisses me off because that's not true. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. if you have a cell phone, like an, I, even, I don't care if you, but I have an iPhone three. Okay. Do you know yeah, how to go to the movie? Well, no, not really. Well, why don't you go and pick up a book? look on YouTube, figure out how, you know, what shots are what, and then just go and practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's absolutely. Just like, 
it's just like, make sure you have good sound. That's oh, like that, that is it. Rule that is it. Filmmaking, yeah. record your sound separately. Yeah. This is the thing. Yeah. Like, if, if Steven Spielberg, you know, he could shoot the pants off us with his phone, right? <laughs> or and like, you could give. Imagine if David <laughs> Lean or Alfred Hitchcock could gave them an iPhone. Imagine what they'd do with it. Yeah, they'd be blown away. They were like, "No, we have these massive cameras that we had to look through the bloody desert." And I, you know, it took me a year. And 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 we're there going, oh, that's not good enough, you know, because <laughs> you know, especially, I mean, we grew up in the. Like, I was born in '88, so we didn't shoot our little home movies on on Super 8 or anything, but we did shoot on Hi8 and then Mini DV. And I think if you come from that world of being an, a little filmmaker, you know how bad your old movies used to look. You know, <laughs> pursuing that Hollywood polish was impossible on high eight video or mini dv and now you've got like younger filmmakers teenagers with youtube they've got their dslrs and stuff and like, oh this isn't good enough and you think are you kidding <laughs> when i was nine i would have killed yeah. for this camera you know yeah. there's an interesting thing that we actually say about um about that actually which is that we think that because when we were younger we were shooting on these formats that didn't look great at all it actually pushed your attention to other things other parts of the filmmaking process like shot selection or sound mm -hmm. design you'd go well it does, it's never going to look great but how can i make it feel good and actually that's almost like a, a, a real valuable skill and, and maybe something that younger generations might not experience there's a big thing going on online about resolution and cameras and i don't know i have i used to read these articles and then I, about five years ago, six years ago, I was like, I can't read another article about how this camera that was the best camera ever made last year is now no good. Like, yeah. and now you need this camera instead. And, you know, these digital cinema cameras, they're mind blowing. Like, they're amazing. But they are, they're tools, right? They're, they are, it's like asking, it, it's like asking someone what, what tripod they shot on. So like, what difference does it yeah. make? You know, like, right. it doesn't matter. It just shoot the film and some of these old movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark was shot with wooden tripods and a slate exactly, clapperboard yeah. and it's one of the best movies ever made so let's just when when we've made Raiders <laughs> then maybe we can start worrying about yeah. like making our gear better yeah. but until any of us have got anywhere near that yeah. I think I'll just you know yeah and the yeah. other big thing is you got to think about what kind of film are you making and do you need that expensive of a camera mm -hmm. you yeah. know then again when it comes to tools you can give eric clapton like a cheap walmart guitar and right. he could make it sound amazing you know absolutely. what i mean absolutely absolutely yeah right. totally totally and there's i think there's a ted talk or oh, i want to say it's with um uh uh, oh, who? Brad Bird. I want to say it's with Brad Bird. Uh, and he talks about uh, animation and he talks about people asking about what software they use for animation. What software do you guys use? And he said it's like asking Walt Disney what what pencils they use for their drawing, you know? Like, what, what does it matter? It's, it, it's, it is just a tool in the end. And of course, you know, great equipment can allow you great things and be very mobilizing and expressive and creative, but it should never, it should never be like a... It's it shouldn't just... stop you wanting to make your movie. Yeah, you, know, you shouldn't yeah. be made to feel like an unworthy filmmaker because you don't have a red epic or you don't have a gimbal or you don't like yeah. if you've oh, yeah. got a story in your heart that's actually like a human story. And like you've said before, Eric, the sound, well, you both of you have said the sound. Mm -hmm. If you can make it sound good, I think audiences will will stick with it and they'll watch it and they'll connect with it. And we're going through this really weird time, I think, with filmmaking also with the movies. I love going to cinema. I absolutely love movies. But 
it almost feels like we're we're reaching this envelope where like how much bigger can movies get how much more bombastic can they get you know i grew up again we, we all come from a time where movies were more personal and i think we might see a return to that a little bit where people are connecting more with character and story i hope so anyway i yeah, i think so and and actually to go with uh your comment about it's just a tool you know because and again it's like what what everybody has said you give eric clapton a guitar and he can you know he can just you'll be like oh my god yeah you don't you don't go like oh what's that guitar from oh it's yeah. a 1965 martin jimmy hendrix blah 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 he goes no yeah. man i just got this at walmart and they're like oh god yeah it's all it's it's in how you use it and you're so Absolutely. right and i love hearing that because i think you know just these days well see i just got a lot of stuff going on my mind because <laughs> to, to be able to talk on this level with with people who get it and i think all filmmakers get it but they don't they're not they only you know we only know what we know right as yeah. filmmakers <laughs> and and Eric and I are, are on a level, everybody's on this level, right? But you guys have, have surpassed that level where you, you did your movie. You did it for $2, let's say. You guys did a fantastic movie. As little crew as humanly possible. And you, you now have a distribution deal. You you now are on because I'm dude I'm I'm like I'm like a fanboy on, on yeah Instagram. we're fans that's the best way to put <laughs> it like, every time every time you guys put up something I'm like oh my god this is freaking awesome but oh, you, know, like, you. you were I think you guys are on like the what top five top ten of like iTunes you're in Los yeah, Angeles we were yeah I mean I don't yeah. know that we're still there yeah, but, yeah. I think on the pre-orders it's trending and see um, that's, see you guys have have transcended into where. Well, I, I mean, let's just, you guys are, are the new Robert Rodriguez. I don't know. I, mean, wow. I don't know about that. But. Well, it, well but, see, but see, it's all perspective because for you guys, you guys have done it and you're just like, man, this is great. And, but what's next? But that's like, so this is like your call. <laughs> it, it's, it's, you know, Hollywood is like a one track mind. They go, oh man, when are we going to do Cosmos 2? When are we going to do, <laughs> you guys have that same shot and you guys have the same lighting. What about the same blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, okay, mm, that sounds good, but we've got this other thing that we want to do, right? And so you literally have taken, just like what you said, man, you've taken your career into your own hands. And that, I think that's what excites me about talking to you guys because you guys have pushed through everything and you guys are sitting here today with us little us and that's what i appreciate right oh no i mean we're like thank you again you're very kind and we but we're not we, the thing that we also want to like hammer home is we're just we're just like you guys like we're filmmakers we love movies we're not i'm not robert rodriguez i'm not steven spielberg i'm just elliot from birmingham in england you know like <laughs> And that's the other thing, again, like we know, we, we grew up loving movies. We made movie, little films as brothers and we're based in the UK. So I know we're not on the far side of the world from America or LA or Hollywood, but wanting to be a filmmaker here and loving Hollywood movies, it's a long way to, to LA from Birmingham. And we, you know, we knew that 
in order to have any chance of getting in, just even getting on a plane to go to that city and maybe be able to knock on a door and be like, hello, <laughs> um, it, we needed to, it's, uh, we're for England. Um, <laughs> playing up that Britishness, you know. Oh, oh, oh. Um, but um, we knew we needed something to be able to like put across a desk. And yeah. so having that calling card, like you called it, is uh, is really what Cosmos is about. But we do want to stress that we feel we feel part of that indie filmmaking community. You know, we are part of it. We're online. We read the blogs. We read the we listen to podcasts, and we want to see other indie filmmakers almost like take up arms against yeah. this these barriers and go look. You know, and it, and if Cosmos can provide some reference for people and go well you know they did it so we can do it then we've we've kind of already succeeded because we we were inspired by filmmakers like gareth edwards rodriguez and if we can pay that forward if we can not that people need to look at us because they could just look at the people that inspired us but if they do find cosmos and go blimey like we could do our slasher movie or we could do our period yeah. thingy or we could do our character then, then we all, as filmmakers, yeah. we all we all benefit together, and you know, we all look after each other, and we all we all succeed. So to think that Cosmos has actually found this audience online, and people are now we we're blown away when we go on Instagram and we see comments of people. Yeah. Like, we just sit there and oh, like yeah, we yeah. can't believe it's just it. me, it's just Elliot and yeah, me, you know, just, just, and it's like, like all these comments. Oh, thank you so much, and they're talking to everybody. It's uh. It does not get old. Like it's yeah. just mad. Yeah. We've made. We just want to share as much. Like that Instagram feed <laughs> now. I think there's about 850 posts on there, and people who are joining, they might just see, you know, a post about where it's available on VOD or where the when we held our premiere in the summer. But that that Instagram feed, it is it documents the entire process, like all the way back to script writing, and we wanted to put a document there that almost. I guess you could say like the digital version of the, the Rebel Without Crew book that people could look at and go, in this era, you know, what are people doing with the, the black magic camera or how are they getting good sound or yes. you know, what did they do? Like and if we can copy that, then cool, we're off and away. Oh man, I I love it. I love it. I just um when you guys were shooting, did you did you because and you're behind the scenes right did you guys like go into it go you know what we really need to document um how we do this because i think nowadays and obviously six years ago you know like the internet and behind the scenes stuff and looks <laughs> um because it, it was just a different way because I mean, six years ago, you weren't like, oh, man, the Internet's going to be so big and there's just going to be in, like yeah. Instagram and Facebook. Right. So. Yeah. But obviously you had a thought in mind to capture all the behind the scenes stuff. And and I think and I really do think that, you know, things are supposed to happen the way they're supposed to happen. And and there is. I just said, there's a higher power that's kind of watching out for us and going, no, no, no. How about you guys, let me steer you over this way. And then all of a sudden, and this is going to sound crazy, maybe not, but I'm going to give you an idea to to capture behind the scenes, you mm -hmm. know, and, and you see that stuff. So I think, I guess my question is, or observation is, um, did you go into, 
making the film consciously going, you know, we got to document behind the scenes stuff because who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, we, um, I mean, again, when it comes to the behind the scenes, we didn't have like a, a fancy camera. Uh, probably 90% of our behind the scenes footage is shot on a, an iPhone or yeah. an iPad or whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did have a DSLR, which we got some pictures with and some footage on. But yeah, most of it, our mom just grabbed a, an, yeah. an iPad. We had a script on or a storyboard. All the actors, like if they weren't yeah. on camera, they'd be filming for their own stuff. And then we'd, yeah. we got a Dropbox afterwards and went send us all send the us pictures. Over. So, but we did want to document the process because um, we felt like actually it was a, a way that we would be able to connect with other filmmakers, um, you know, hopefully to build a, a community around the film and, and to, like we've said, maybe inspire other people. We, we can't really say that whether that's the case or not. But, yeah, we wanted to document it. We wanted to share it. And hopefully just for people to be able to see that it is possible with just, like, very limited stuff. And, you know, people see sometimes people see the behind the scenes and they go, oh, no budget, but what about, you know, that camera or that, that, right. that those lights or whatever, or they're in a green screen studio. And we always have to come back and we say, well, you know, the green screen studio we got for free because we – we did some work for people for a day and they gave it to us for free. We were on a wheelchair there for a tracking shot. You know, I the, love that so dude, I much. I the, you wave. The, you know, there's uh the I made the camera rig out of like I went to the local DIY store and I got some copper pipes and I got some MDF and I just screwed it all together and everything. So it is really rough and there is kit that we owned before before we made Cosmos. We owned a camera and we owned some lights and stuff. But yeah, it's uh, people almost see what they want to see when they see that behind the scenes. They either want to go like, "No way, this is impossible," and they point out like, "You've got a car," you know, and it's like, like "Well, that's, that's our, our car." car. Like... It's like, you've got you've got actors and locations. You're like... wearing clothes. You must have had to pay for those. <laughs> um, yeah, we did. You know, or or they see something else. You know, they see the cardboard stuck to the map box, or they see that we're like pulling focus and pushing, and Elliot's doing the sound, and we're you know juggling a million things at once. So I don't know. I think it says. It almost projects back on you what kind of filmmaker you are and how you feel about this stuff, like what you see in it. So, yeah, to find people like yourselves who are empowered by it and excited by it is wonderful because yeah. that's just that's we're all the same. Like we're the same kind of people, kindred spirits. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, that's one thing I was talking to Eric um, right before uh, we got on the show. And it was like I was like, Eric. In their bio, they talk about using a wheelchair, and then you watch behind the scenes, and it's an actual wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it is an actual wheelchair. We got someone go like, ah, oh, well, you know, look at that shot. It's stabilized on a gimbal. It's like, no, no. mate, it's that Xander. He's good at handheld. Like, <laughs> I was pushing him in a wheelchair, very, very like roughly, and he was just holding There's it. There's a funny like, story about that actually. The uh, the shot that we used that we used it on a couple of shots actually but the, the main shot that you see in the behind the scenes is this like fast running shot yeah. uh the two actors come oh, into yeah, frame yeah. from left and right of camera and they're, they're running to the car and uh one of our main actors uh he's called mike in the film but his real name's tom he he just went hell for leather he with this that he ran as fast as he could and uh, and he pulled a muscle in his groin. He did. Like really badly, yeah, right? It went twang. It went twang. <laughs> and he was in he was in bits. Yeah. And we were really worried about him. But yeah. the shot that we used in the film, I'm pretty sure. It is. You can see him yeah. pull his leg. You yeah. can see, if you look closely, he kind of hobbles right at the end of the shot. <laughs> yeah. That's commitment, you know? We had to use that one because actually <laughs> that we did that. We filmed that that sequence is <clears throat> towards the end of the shooting block of Cosmos. And we that was some of the last stuff we did. 
And we were like, you know, there's going to be some talking in and around the car and there's some running. We'll do the running stuff first, you know, get it all, get all that stuff out of the way. And then we'll move in and do some of the more sort of considered stuff. Um, and we were doing that sequence. We were shoot, we shot in the end for six nights in a row. And on that first night, Tom pulled his groin and we were like, wow, okay. You know, yeah. he tried to run and he was like, guys, I, I just, I can't, I can't do it. And then we said, okay, what we'll do is we'll flip everything around on the spot. And this is filmmaking, isn't it? It's just like, okay, the plan has just literally gone out the door. Uh, we will do all this considered stuff now. And then we will give Tom as much time as he can have to heal. And then maybe on the last night we're supposed to be here, we'll come back and we'll get all this running stuff. And every night we were turning up going, Tom, you know, how's your leg? And he would do a little sprint and he was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's no good. And we were going, Oh my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> and, um, and in the end, like we did some of that running stuff again on the final night, but actually, like Xander said, the shot we used, it didn't ever properly heal. No. Uh, I mean, it's probably healed now, I hope, after three years. Uh, um, but um, he, he, yeah, the shot we used in the film, the beginning of it is where he was completely going for it. So they come past camera and we, we you hear that sometimes, don't you, in movies where they go, we had to use that shot because after that, yeah. Uh, we blew that up <laughs> or we it, couldn't yeah. go back and whatever and that's one of those circumstances but yeah yeah the wheelchair dolly you can't go wrong got great wheels see they're very like <laughs> rubbery wheels like they, they take up all the if you're on you know level ground then i mean you'd hope it had good wheels like its name is wheelchair it's made up of two things wheels yeah. and a chair so <laughs> <laughs> What I love so much about your, the story you just told and why I will always encourage people not to go to film school is until they can teach a class called what do you do when your actress oh, shows up without her wardrobe or now what do you do when Tom pulls his groin? As <laughs> soon as they add those classes to film school, then I will say, oh, you need to go to film school, but... What was great is you guys learned by doing and we're like, okay, we've got to flip everything around. But then yeah. again, you can't show any fear in those moments because <laughs> no. then you're screwed. I'm sure you guys, you know, pulled yourselves aside and we're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? It's all over. It happened. It did happen a couple of times. And by the Several. way, if we, if, Many we times. if we ever write a book about this process, I think we've just found the title. What do you do when Tom pulls his groin? <laughs> I think that's the no, time. I would read that book. Yeah. I would read that book. Um, no, I mean, there were so many things. Like, And you're 100% right, by the way, because filming is just, it is literally firefighting. You're putting a fire out over here and you're looking over there and there's more flames and you're like, oh, well, you know. And we had things like the actors, Arjun, uh, who is in the film, he's he's British, but he, he's, he's you know, South, uh, South Asian in, in uh, sort of... Uh, descent as it were uh, is that why i said that right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this descendant yeah ethnicity so he's got you know like a, a darker skin and he he was going abroad and he, he actually were arjun's not an actor or at least when we were filming cosmos he wasn't an actor he actually was a cameraman that we knew and he but he was like oh i i you know i can do a bit of acting and we we messaged him and we we're like oh i reckon arjun is going to be really good at this we auditioned him and he was in but he was doing a job we did our filming in blocks we did four filming blocks mainly because the actors were in demand you know they were good actors they were busy and we didn't have any money so we worked around them one of the filming blocks was over and arj was going to go away he was going to go on a filming job to america and we were like arj you've got to wear a hat man like make you, sure you, you don't get don't go because he was just like i'm in the sun I, i'm already dark like, i will go dark and we're like arj 
like this film is continuity like we are going to come back and you cannot be darker and then we were like on instagram and there's photos of him like in a canoe in the middle of a in, lake like, in america and they're talking about, we're like i should put a cap on he came back he was darker in, in skin yeah. tone but it was fine it worked out and the other thing as well is we had a, so we, we set aside a, a, a day for close-ups of hands on keyboards yeah, there's a lot of keyboards in the this. film a lot of like scroller wheels and stuff so again back to tom poor guy we were like okay tom we're gonna we're gonna do um we're gonna do your close-ups there's two stories here there are the, tom. First, the, the first one is that he the night he, before the, the night well he came in and he had a cut on his thumb and he was like i have cut my thumb and we, what happened tom, oh, i was making dinner last night and i sliced my thumb and oh okay right we'll have to shoot around that but we got to shooting and um we were like tom why are your why are your nails so so shiny what's going on why, why are they so shiny and he was like well last night um my girlfriend uh, she gave me a, a manicure and i was like <laughs> what are you doing like, oh, we said tom your hands you know it's it's close-up hand day like what are you doing having a I manicure think, i don't know whether he thought it would be a beneficial thing Maybe or whether he was just know. he was loving the pamper or i don't know but uh, that was amusing as well yeah, so like yeah loads said, of, loads this of is filmmaking fun. like it just we did before we did Cosmos. We did most of what we did as freelancers was like documentary-based filmmaking, um, working as freelance cameramen, doing corporate films or documentaries. And as you guys will know, or anyone who's listening who's done that, there's literally you can't plan for that. You know, if you storyboard a documentary or if you have some sort of plan, very often you'll get to the office of the person you're supposed to be interviewing, and it's literally like a cubicle or yeah there's no window or, you know, and, and you, you have to think on your feet. So that documentary filmmaking really came into play with Cosmos where we were just like, oh, we can't do that now or, oh, we can't do that or let's flip that around. And, you know, the whole process was like you said. It was a film school. We went to film school making Cosmos. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've got a funny freelance story. So <clears throat> this political guy in Jersey wanted to do an interview like about these accusations that were made about him. So I filmed it and I forgot to hit stop recording and he starts cursing these people oh, no. he was oh. mad at. And I was like, man, somewhere in my hard drive, if this oh, guy man. ever decides to run for president. <laughs> You've got him. You've got exactly. Him. It's <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I mean that that happens a lot actually, it does, it does. doesn't it? In like interviews and oh, documents. people go to the toilet with their radio mics on. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Oh, man. It's, oh, it's not good. It's no. good the naked gun scenario. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk, so, talk a little bit because I'm an actor, and and I know, and I really appreciate you guys because I know this is kind of like a long interview. Um, but as an actor, um, uh. I appreciate hearing how how uh, producers and filmmakers view the whole process, and you know, a lot of times actors, me included, take it take personal when we go in and we think we did really good, um, but we don't get callbacks, we don't get this. But I think, and now being on the other side as a filmmaker, um, I think. It's not really even a look. It's just, it's just an aura. It's just because when you're a writer and a filmmaker, <clears throat> I think you have this idea that you need to see and you need to have walked through the door. And 
you know, some of the prettiest people go, oh, man, I'm so pretty. But um, but it, it is true, <laughs> at least I think, that when you see like that person walk in, they don't even have to they don't even have to speak the words. There's just something about it um, from my point of view. Um, can you talk a little bit? Because, again, I know this is like a long interview. I um, about it. It's good. But but you guys are so freaking awesome. Um, talk a little bit about the process. Um, because, again, this this what you guys are doing. This what it this is what it's about. This is why people move to Los Angeles to be actors. They go to New York, you know? Yeah. Um, so give them, if you can, a realistic view of it's not them. It's really all about the filmmaker. And it's not. And I have, this is horrible to say, but it's not really how good they are. It's just there's something about that that person that walks in. Can you yeah, talk about that? I mean, it's, it is a brutal um, industry, yeah. I think, for actors, because like you said, you pour your heart and soul into it. You're acting from within, really, aren't you? And, and you're putting yourself out there. It's very exposing. And so when somebody turns around and says, oh, I'm sorry, you're not. I don't think you're right for the part. That's that's that can be quite wounding. It's also the same as a filmmaker. You pour your heart and soul into something. You say, "Well, these are the values I have. These are the stories I want to tell." And if it doesn't connect with someone, or someone really dislikes what you've done, it feels like a personal attack on you. So, yeah, we're 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 pretty bad at like, and actually, I'm proud of this. We're pretty bad at being like the ruthless producer type people because. Um, you know, I'd say the auditioning part of Cosmos was one of the hardest it, things. It was definitely. We've been there. We've been there as freelancers, editing stuff and getting notes from people, just focusing on everything that's wrong and not everything that's right. And we've been there on set, you know, with a camera shooting documentary stuff and being told what to do and whatever. So we know what it's like. And and yeah, when it came to finding the right actors, we really wanted that process to be as kind of amenable, as open and friendly, and also not to just kind of. Uh, give someone a shot and then drop them, but to develop with them and see where things go. So it was never like, we'd never get sent, a, we did video auditions online and we'd never get sent a video and just immediately go, no, they're not right. We'd always go in and say, okay, try it like this and see if that works for you and whatever. And we develop over time really. So for example, with Cosmos, sorry to interrupt you there, but one of the main, well, the, the main auditioning criteria we had, which I kind of touched upon earlier, but I, I got sidetracked as I generally do um, <laughs> with my own mind. Um, we, we were like, we know this film is going to be hard for us to make. So we want actors. We want three guys who whose instincts are in the ballpark. So we can leave them be as a group while we're setting up lights. They can have a read through. And then we're just going to come in and go, oh, yeah, maybe a bit of a pause there or you know, that's kind of cool. And what we did, so so when we were auditioning people, it wasn't so much that they were right or wrong or didn't look the part or whatever. It was that were their instincts on the money? And actually, I would imagine, I have no experience with this, but I would imagine if you go into the big league, you know, there's a reason why Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. And that's because his yeah. instincts are on the money. He can read a script and go, I've seen enough movies to know exactly what this should be. Tom Cruise, Meryl Streep, Anthony Hopkins. They've got it. They know what the movie needs. And that's really probably what people look for. So we, the three guys we ended up casting, we actually wanted them to be the guys before we even asked them to audition because we crossed paths with them. We met with them. 
had a coffee with them or we met Tom. Uh, we were doing another freelance job and he was working on that as a, we were filming a summer school and he was a teacher on that summer school. And we were like, this guy's great. Like what a nice bloke. Um, and we did these video auditions and we just gave them a one side of paper said, look, here's some music that kind of sets the tone. You, you let us know what you think this should be. And really our filtering down process was, Hey, this guy, he knows what movies should be. And then we can work with that. Or, yeah. The, the, the... This guy, he kind of, he isn't reading again. It's not that he's not right. It's just, maybe he doesn't understand this kind of movie. Like he's not reading yeah. this music and this scene. He doesn't understand it emotionally. To clarify, anymore. it wasn't a case of like giving people a bit of the script and, and hoping they got it. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, it didn't really matter what they did with it as long as it felt filmic, you know, and if people had a, a kind of cinematic instinct, then we could work with that. Then we could say, well, actually come at it from this angle, try it like this, whatever. But to know that they had that, style to their acting and that kind of mindset that was the that was the real thing to look out for and, and there is a passive movie talk dialogue isn't there you know people talk and act in movies you know they look at each other in a way that nobody does in real life yeah. and there's this there's this pace and there's this pause to film acting and you watch like the greats again you watch someone like anthony hopkins or tom yeah. hanks yeah and you just think oh my god like they i think i remember watching an interview with tom cruise and he said like a good actor knows what the camera needs like knows what the camera needs i don't know whether he's that's not what he said specifically but almost like you can imagine they can they can visualize what is happening on camera even though they're in front of it and they know how to give to that camera and how, and how much to do that which which in a way again is in contradiction to some of the things you read about acting which is you know you shouldn't monitor yourself and you should yeah. be completely free of it but then nothing about movie making you know if you're on scene and you just go well i'm just going to walk over here and all the, the crew are like what where's he going you know <laughs> that's not where the lights you can't do that so that yeah. might work on stage mm. but it, it doesn't really work you know again like you said about film school there's a difference between probably what you're taught in acting class and the realities of standing there trying to do an emotional scene where you've got a load of lighting guys standing there smoking you know going come on you know we want to go home so <laughs> yeah. um it's it's, it's a different it, it, game and then you get Christian Bale going, get out of my light. Yeah, 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 yeah. Table flip, wow. you know. But you know, but honestly, that's what it is. Um, is from from an act, but and and it's interesting because I think a good actor knows exactly, you know, and he's yeah. got to be disciplined enough to to know how to act, know who he is inside and out, um, and let that come out all the while giving the camera what it needs, which essentially is you guys, the director, right? And the camera person going, yeah, you can't really rock back side to side. But he's like, but I feel this. You go, okay, that's great. But, but please you can't. do as little rock as possible. Yeah. And, and a good actor will compose himself and go, I know exactly what you guys need. The one thing me and you always talk about, Larry, is great actors are reactors. Yeah. You know, they're not Very just true. standing there when they're not giving their when they're not speaking. You know, they're going along with the scene, adding to it, you know, stuff like that. That's the the thing most actors don't focus on. Yeah. 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 Okay. Absolutely right there. I mean, the um all three of the actors who were in Cosmos, like this was their first feature film. None of them uh, for two of them, uh, it was the first 
screen acting I think they've yeah. done at all. And and so the whole thing was a learning process for us and it was a learning process for them. And and over the course of the film, they learned about the kind of mechanics of filmmaking, but also <laughs> they really got to grips with that cinematic language of, of screen acting. And I remember Tom again, talking about Tom again, um, he said like, when I'm, when I'm not the focus of the shot, when I'm in the background, he said that I almost... He said, I've realized that you almost, your eyes need to be alive. Like they can't, you can't just be on, on idle in the background, just doing this, that, and the other. Like you said, they have to be reacting to the scene. They have to be part of it. They look need to look like there's thoughts going on behind their head during the movement. And and I thought that was really interesting. Well, the, the interesting thing also, I've always thought that actors and directors are basically two sides of the same coin. There's like a, there's a, there's a defining moment that happens in, early on in someone's creative uh, development, if they are interested in filmmaking, where they either, they have an experience which either sends them off down the acting path or sends them off down the directing path. And like, you know, um, Larry, you're uh, the embodiment of that because you're a, you you know, you're an actor and a filmmaker and you kind of, you are both uh, those things. And I think there's that sensibility, which is in filmmaking, the director and the actors, they, they are both filmmakers. It's not, you're not an yeah. actor or a director. You're you're a filmmaker, and there's there's a respect um, yeah. that goes across those disciplines. Yeah, and there'll be the technical disciplines as well, where everyone's bringing in their filmmaking ability. You know, the actors know about key lights and not standing in each other's shadows, and they know about depth of focus, so they can't lean too far forward, otherwise their eyes are going to be blurred. You know, they have a technical understanding that is beyond just oh, I understand what it's like to feel sad or drunk or whatever. You know, they are definitely part of that filmmaking relationship. And I think we're, like, blown away. We watch as much B-roll of Steven Spielberg as possible because he's, uh, he's, like, in our opinion, he is the god. He's, like, oh, yeah, the he, Mozart of cinema. Yeah. He is. He is the god. He actually is. He is. Um, and... Uh, I remember there was an interview with Shia LaBeouf and he was like, he's the Shakespeare of the silver screen. And I was like, he is, he is, yeah. that is what he is. But okay. like, we're blown away recently. Shia so, yeah, LaBeouf yeah. worked with Steven Spielberg on what movie? Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Kingdom well, of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, no, I think he's what, been tough. A cr Crystal Skull? He's never I, heard of it. Oh, oh it doesn't exist. He's a purist for that one. He's a purist. No, yeah, I think he was giving, he was, it was, I don't know what it was. It was an interview for something. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we're blown away recently because like you watch stuff and he doesn't rehearse. He doesn't rehearse with his actors. And there's a great thing with the post interview. Uh, Meryl Streep, they were doing a press junkie and Tom Crew, uh, Tom Hanks was there. And uh, he, she was like, I was, I got there day one. I know my lines and stuff. But Stephen's like, no, we don't do any rehearsals. And Tom, uh, Tom, I keep saying Tom Cruise, sorry. Tom Hanks was like, yeah, welcome to a Steven Spielberg movie. No rehearsals. <laughs> and that's, if you can get to that level where you you trust, you can talk the actors through the blocking, but then you just roll the camera and let them go. Like, wow, what a place to be, you know. So heard on Schindler's List, he didn't do a shot list. He would show up on yeah. set and go, okay, let's set the camera up right here. And wow, I mentioned Schindler's List while we were having a great time. Now we're all depressed. I know, yeah. Well, at Private Ryan as well, yeah, I think. Yeah. Like, oh, talks yeah. about working his way up the beach. Yeah, shot know, for shot. In yeah. sequence, shot for shot. What? It, I mean, that's... It, it, that is to us, level. the way Spielberg... Uh, 
blocks the camera, moves the actors in in this harmony with the with the camera, and uses that to <laughs> to be part of the storytelling. It's just and he's expressive. Like, he's expressive with his lighting. He's expressive with his oh, music. It's yeah. like it's not just. Again, I remember there's a great video online on YouTube, and it's a load of directors, um, and the person interviewing them says it's like this supercut of people, and it goes, "What would?" your piece of advice to be to first-time directors. And most of them just sit there and laugh and they're like, oh God, I don't know. <laughs> um, but one of them says this amazing piece of advice. He goes like, it's not enough for the camera to see it. And I remember hearing that going like, whoa. And he goes like, it's not enough to just put a camera in a room and press record and it to just capture the moment. It has to be, it has to underscore. It has <laughs> to be part of the scene and like, literally tell the story and and with that in mind if you watch spielberg people they they you know they underplay him they don't rate him but he he tells a story you can mute a spielberg movie and you know what's yeah. going on like you obviously williams john williams plays a massive part oh. in the emotion but you know yeah. There's just too much to say. There's too much to say. About <laughs> well, one other thing, you know, while we're we're all fanboying, um, his geog geography in a scene yeah. is amazing. Oh, Most is. directors well, don't think about that at all, but he's the master of it. He's, he's, he's master shots. I, I, we saw uh, we were at a friend's house yesterday, family actually, family member's house yesterday, and Ready Player One was on, yeah, well, and and it's uh, again. He's gone into the digital world uh, and he's shot. And what can often happen when that when the, that kind of filming takes place is things get very confusing and geography disappears. His coverage is uh, kind of sp sporadic and exciting, and it's got this uh, dynamic nature to it. But at no point are you lost. At no point are That's you going amazing. where Where is this in relation to everything yeah. else? And and I just yeah, he's we, we, we he's you just, watch something like Jaws, you watch Close Encounters, it's right there from the beginning. Sugarland Express, even Jewel. Jewel. Mm. You watch Jewel, and it's like this Jewel's guy, amazing. This Brilliant. guy knows yeah. what he's doing um, from a from a very young age, but he, and he grew up on those filmmakers like David Lean and Frank Capra and Orson Welles, Orson Welles and all these film. I mean, Orson Welles, like. Ugh. An absolute master of blocking. So, and lighting, you know, you talked about lighting, trying to get great lighting, expressive lighting. I think if you're a filmmaker, sometimes people roll their eyes if you meet a fellow filmmaker and they go, Who's your favorite director? And you say Spielberg. They're like, Really? Like, yeah. really? And you go, like, You go, Really? Yeah. You have, have, you, actually, been, have you watched a Spielberg movie properly? Yeah. Like, have you, you know, I remember watching Hook. Hook, I absolutely adore. Like, uh, we were the right age for it. I know he's not a fan of it, but I, it just has such a place in my heart. And there's a sequence in Hook where Robin Williams turns up back at the family home and the children have been stolen by Captain Hook. And there's this shot where they, they get out of a taxi and they walk up the stairs and it's all filmed through this broken window in the front door. And you see them come up and the camera pulls back and tilts up. And there's this all this... This camera, it doesn't even pull back, actually. It's on a tripod on a long lens, and they tilt up to Robin Williams' face, and then it goes down his arm to the light switch, and he flicks it, and it comes back up. And then he walks past camera, and his wife comes up into camera, and then Maggie Smith comes up into camera. And Zandra and I were watching that about six years ago, and we were like, whoa, hang on a minute. What? Pause. Yeah. And it was like this this moment. It's like the Rosetta Stone of filmmaking. We were like, what? <laughs> I think we actually had the film on mute, and yeah. we were talking. Yeah. And I, we were like, what? just happen yeah. and then suddenly this whole 
the Spielberg playbook just opened and then we just started devouring them again and going, how does he, his shots evolve. They start in a wide, they push into a close, they transfer into an over the shoulder. It's, it's dancing with a camera and it's beautiful. It's just inspirational. I love doing filmmaker talk like this. I feel like we're on one of those sporting shows and the analysis guys are talking about (laughs) how they bring the ball up field and everything. (laughs) I need a pen. I need like to be able to draw on something like. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a look at that play again, Bill. <laughs> to get back to you guys a little bit with Cosmos, there are two huge announcements on your um, Instagram about um, distribution, and man, you guys are getting to have a premiere at one of the most prestigious movie palaces that there ever was. Wow. Well, wow. Yeah, it's a huge thing for us. So on November 7th in uh, Beverly Hills, Los Angeles, uh, we're having the premiere of Cosmos uh, at the uh, Lemley Aria Fine Arts yep. uh, Theatre, which is just beautiful, beautiful, you know, 1930s cinema. It's just to us, we've made this <laughs> film in Birmingham in the UK and we're going to fly out and we're going to we're going to go around Hollywood and see our movie in a, in a theatre in Hollywood. It it is mind blowing to us. So uh, th- there are actually tickets on sale for that if people want to come. It's open to the public. Yeah. Um, and mean. the film comes out general generally on November eighth. But yeah. yeah, it's it's a huge. It's mad for us. It's really. mad. Like, it's we, just mad. We just love movies. We love making movies. We love watching movies. And to be uh, our little team is flying out to to release this film and. We're not cool about it at all. No, man. We're not going like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what we yeah. do. No, we're not. This no. is not what we do. This is this is crazy. So we, we want to make that event. We are trying to invite as many people as possible because we just want to have a great electric atmosphere and get filmmakers there and maybe network and yeah. introduce other filmmakers to other filmmakers and just have an excuse to meet up and enjoy films, you know. So, yeah, we we're pretty blown away by that. I wish I still lived in Los Angeles so I could come check it out. Actually, uh, everybody, because we have a lot of people that follow us in Los Angeles. um, Oh, wow. And for our show. So everybody, link will be in the description on on where to get (laughs) your tickets. And you've got to get them right now because, again, you stop. Stop what you're listening to right now, but you got to come back to it. Watch everything. Watch the trailer. Watch the watch the behind the scenes and come back and finish. And you just got to know that that um, these guys are the real deal. Uh, I mean, that's that's the bottom line. Uh, talk real quick because to get to get to where you guys are going on November seventh, you had to get distribution and you had to get out. You had to get your your movie out there. Can you talk? You know what? This may be even a two-parter. Can you That's talk, okay, yeah. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about what you went through with the distribution and things you had to had to put together or your thoughts? Sure, yeah. Yeah, well, again, like all things Cosmos, we just thought, well, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> so we, we were talking to the actors going, I reckon... I reckon we can get distribution. You know, I reckon we can get someone to look at it and we might end up on, you know, Vimeo or iTunes or, you know, fingers crossed, we think we can do something that people would like. So we made the film and we finished, we actually sort of closed production on the film in August 2018, last year. And then since then, our process was um, 
how do we get this film distributed? And the first thing we thought was naturally, like, let's go to film festivals. So we started, you know, and network there. So we started submitting to some film festivals, some top tier film festivals like Sundance and South by Southwest, and there's Raindance in the UK. And we just got flower rejected from every festival we submitted to. We were like, okay, good start. You know, this is- <laughs> Not a, for the festivals. <laughs> yeah, it's not a festival, darling. Um, but we kind of knew that, but we tried to submit to some genre festivals. We thought maybe they'd like it, but you know, you go on these websites and you just think, wow, like we don't have, I don't have Billy Bob Thornton in my movie, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not going to get in. And that's cool because those, you know, you think about the big league, the, there needs to be this place to showcase these movies. But if you're a tiny movie like ours, you just quickly go, okay, yeah, fair enough. We're not in that. We're not in that league. So then we just thought, should we just try and reach out directly to distributors and, and see what they say? So we went on to IMDb Pro. We we got the one month free free trial of IMDb Pro and we were like, we'll that, use this for 30 days time. and be like, nah, we don't really want it. Um, <laughs> so we got a list on a spreadsheet of a load of distributors, went on their sort of uh, star meter and put a ranking and, and then just started emailing. We didn't go to a sales agent, although we did email some sales agencies just to try and suss them out and see what they could offer. But in the end, we, we ended up, the, we got two distributors really very interested in the film and those were both achieved by direct contact um and reaching out to them you know via their websites and we put together a trailer we put together the making of uh we put together some little one sheets that explain the story and the classic sort of materials but again we just did all that ourselves we did sanders pretty nifty on photoshop so he did the poster work <laughs> and all that sort of stuff yeah. and um and yeah, and, and that, that was about, we we got in touch with those distributors about January this year um, because, yeah, because we were like, oh, it was about, no, it was about this time last year. And we thought, oh, they're all, everyone's going to be going on Christmas break. There's Thanksgiving, you know, the, the year is probably winding down. We don't know. We don't work in the industry, but I guess. So we just, we sent off some emails in December and we just didn't hear back from anybody. So in January, we thought, okay, new year, let's start again. And yeah, we started talking to distributors in January and February. And then by April, we'd honed in on a deal that, that we were really pleased with. And and we signed over then and, and signed up with that one. But I definitely say like one, one bit of advice is if you can get if you can get multiple parties interested in your film, like it is a huge help. We were going at this, like Elliot said, independently. We didn't have a sales agent to broker the deal and go, well, no, that I know that we should be getting this and not that or whatever. So we were in the dark. We were in the dark. So, you know, we'd get interest from a distributor and we'd go, oh, okay, this seems like a good deal. But as soon as another distributor came onto the scene and offered more, you were like, oh, okay, yeah. right. So the first deal that we had, actually, we can get better. So you go back to the first distributor and you say, well, we're being offered this somewhere else. You oh, suddenly got the, the confidence, the confidence yeah. to be able to go, actually, no, that's not good enough. What else can you yeah, do? Yeah, and the stuff they yeah. said was like non-movable. Yeah. Like, no, no, we don't do that. Yeah, yeah. We don't do this. We don't offer that. We don't change that. Suddenly, it's like, oh yeah, we can change all that. And you say, so, oh, you sods. Yeah. You're trying to screw us over. So yeah, we're definitely. The game in town. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we wouldn't have had the confidence to do that if we no, didn't yeah. have another party interested. And you play them off each other until one of them goes, okay, we really aren't going to go any further. And then you just see which one kind of works best for you. So it worked for us. It may not work for everybody. And 
yeah. we're still early on in the journey for Cosmos. So, you know, fingers crossed it's all going to go well and, and the distributor relationship will work fine. But so far, so good. So, yeah. The, oh, I've just realized the uh, our audio recorder stopped. Oh, man. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, you can, you can definitely do it independently. You can do it on your own. But it does depend yeah, on your film, God. doesn't it? It, depends. it does. Well, yeah. It does. I mean, you might want a sales agent. You might want to do self-distribution. Yeah. Yep. You might want to, uh, someone we know has got a sales agent and they're working through a sales agent and that's kind of working for them. Um, someone we, there's also, of course, like Jim Cummings, who's like this poster child for self-distribution with Thunder Road. And he's got some incredible yeah. blogs and articles about what he did. And it's just a, a very interesting Wait, time. Is that really. the one where he sings the Bruce Springsteen song? It is. Yeah, 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 yeah it, it is. Yeah. He beat me in a film festival a few uh -huh. years ago, and we talked over email, and I asked him, are you ever going to do a feature of Thunder Road? And he said, no. Now come to it. There's a feature. That's I your idea. idea. The idea. Oh yeah, yeah. That's your. That's you. That's all I knew. That right. What we're going to do before we continue is just quickly is I think I know. Uh, I think this card is full. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. It is. So what we can do is get the get the content. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take a quick second break. Then we'll just yeah. Yeah. We can grab this content off here real quick. Oh, that's a new bearer. Sorry, guys. So oh no! Remember, when I when I sign off, I'm gonna hit stop record. Don't hang up yet. There's just a few things I want to touch on, and yeah, then no I have to watch a YouTube video on how to store this stuff that we just recorded. <laughs> well, if it doesn't work, don't worry. We can do it again. Okay. God, I just want to hang out and talk with you guys. Yeah, guys we should just do that. You got to try to get something. We'll add each other on Facebook. You yeah, let's do that. Try to get a New York premiere. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that would be I mean, we, we, with the distributor, we've got. Um, and it's Gravitas, it, right? Yeah, it's Gravitas Ventures, yeah. yeah. Um, we, we really try to push for um, New York and um, just to, to get a screen there. But the, the, uh, the, the prices of the theater bookings is so high in new york city that i don't think we're going to be able to get a screening in new york but um which sucks obviously but you never um, know if there's enough demand though we might yeah to, well we um, might also just put on some self sort of organized screenings yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. you know once they've done their thing yeah. and they've gone like we've fulfilled our commitment for that then we might just be able to phone up some local theaters and go hey you know can we rent a screen for a night or whatever and, and do a little bit of a road show i don't know we, we're open to all sorts really. yeah, that's what that's kevin cool. smith's about to start doing with the jay and silent bob reboot oh really awesome by the way i yeah. saw a few days ago <laughs> he's he's a he's a storyteller and a half isn't he like his live oh, speeches yeah. about die hard four and stuff they're so entertaining <laughs> oh my god that is an um uh i have his book and it, it, he talks about all of that also in a bit more detail yeah we're back in business by the way okay Perfect. okay um larry i'm gonna give it a countdown then you pick us up all right okay or uh, do you guys want to pick up where you left off yeah, yeah, we can just carry on. Um, what were we okay, talking can about? you see yeah. me, guys? We can yep. see you, yeah, yeah. Okay. Five, four, three. So, yeah, what I would say is if you were interested in, you know, attempting the self-distribution route, well, not the self-distribution route, but if you're interested in trying to get a distributor without a sales agent, then it is definitely plausible. And uh, But, you know, one thing that we say is that 
it depends on your film really some sometimes it's better to self-distribute put the film yourself onto different platforms sometimes it's better to get a sales agent uh everyone's different but we also reached out to a few other filmmakers and went hey you know we've seen you're with this distributor or that distributor you know can we pick your brains and they a lot of them were really open to going yeah sure i can give you the benefit of my experience so likewise we would do the same if people emailed us and said what would you make of that we'd we'd, keep, we'd let them know and uh, i think the community on the whole is pretty i was inspired actually by like the people that we spoke to and how open they were they'd be really helpful um we'd have skype with them uh, we'd skype with them or have uh, you know video calls or whatever and and they'd there were other filmmakers and they just go, oh, I recommend this. Uh, this is what I, this, yeah. this is the offer I got or whatever. Just really <laughs> supportive actually. And I think sometimes the indie film community can sometimes be quite cutthroat. Sometimes people want to chop people down, but our experience so far of people who are doing it, like really trying to make it happen. Everyone wants to just help themselves actually <laughs> help each other rather. And, and that was, that was very inspiring. We want to do the same. If people want to know, get in touch because we'll, we'll help. You know, well, it's, it's like that saying: "A rising tide raises all ships." Absolutely right. Yeah. You're not yeah. wrong. And, and 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 I must say, to add to that, I think the professional. Because look, let's just face it: everybody they call themselves a filmmaker and they put out turds <laughs> a lot. Of time, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you haven't I, seen Cosmos yet. <laughs> you don't know. It may be. It may be like, oh, gee, we better delete that podcast. <laughs> it's a stinker <laughs> i i highly doubt that man i all i'm all i already like the movie just from the trailer and behind Thank the scenes stuff. Thank you so much, so much. Uh, and and if anything came up to that you'd we'd go on facebook go hey everybody we got this new interview with the guys from cosmos it's okay but it's hey, okay. <laughs> i know i was really excited yeah. but i well, no, we like you guys so much we would hype it up and still get a buzz going for the oh, movie thank you oh, thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah. we just want what we wanted to do is we wanted to make a movie that uh it, it kind of clicked with a certain type of people so we know cosmos isn't going to be everyone as we say in england everyone's cup of tea right <laughs> so um <laughs> you know us in cups of tea um but yeah we know it's not going to be to everyone's liking some people might go oh it's too there's too much talking or there are no explosions or you know <laughs> yeah. where's, it might be. where's the guy yeah. right absolutely like is this, none in, of them is this in the around. mcu <laughs> it's not I'm, but it might, it might be i don't know plot twist <laughs> yeah post-credit sequence yeah. nick theory comes on <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean at this stage you don't know whether i'm joking or not right? it's gonna be real <laughs> the biggest scoop ever yeah it's like Shh. but can it please be the david hasselhoff nick fury from that 90s movie oh he's oh. got us how does he know that oh, oh, I talk about he it leaked it he leaked it <laughs> yeah, rumble but yeah so um we know we we again we have we we uh, this isn't our idea, but it's a, it's an idea that we subscribe to, which is in order to make a movie that some people love, you've got to make a movie that some people hate. Ooh. So it's got to it's got to say something. It's got to be something, and it's got to commit. To it's that. got to commit to that. And so in in that circumstance, you are going to make something that really turns people off. They're like, oh god, this I, this is not my thing at all. But but what you get with that is you also get some people who go, oh, this is. 
so me and I these are the kind of movies that I grew up watching or I love so we know Cosmos won't be for everybody but we're, we're cool with that because we wanted to make a movie that was us that that felt like the movies we love and to make a movie for other people that love that kind of movie so if people see Cosmos and it doesn't quite click with them you know we're, we're sorry that it wasn't for you but but we are cool with that and um, we're very happy with and it and we're very <laughs> pleased with it so we wouldn't we didn't want to make like a a movie that sat on the fence and didn't, you know, didn't really say anything to anyone. Um, and so far, we feel from the feedback we've got from people we've shown it to, you know, they they're they're responding with it. It's it's a very sort of sincere movie. It's a very, um, you know, we made it at a time in our lives where we were dealing with something ourselves, so it's very emotional too. And um, uh, yeah, we're just... I think I think there's an audience out there waiting to kind of respond to more of a warmth in films. Yeah, and, I agree. Uh, in kind of audience-facing films, this isn't a blockbuster, but it is definitely designed to be like a fun adventure, something people will enjoy. It's a it's a commercial project, so we say. Yeah. Um, and and I think to have a bit of warmth and sincerity in those films is really important. And uh, the feedback we're getting is that people, by the end of it, they're more bothered about the characters than anything else. They're just like. I, I, this is, you know, I won't say anything. I won't spoil it. But they are more. They're so connected to the people rooting for them that that that's the most important thing for them in the plot, which is wonderful. That's great. That's what. A, that's a great compliment in itself. It, it really is. is. It, is. it but really is. It also is a hand to you guys as well as the filmmakers. Two things. Two things. First thing. Oh my God! It just popped out of my head, and it was going to be brilliant. I know. It'll come back. It'll come back. Um. But I, I mean, as you were talking and but really before we wrap up, which, by the way, thank you for being so kind uh, to Eric and I and to the Something Something podcast family. Um, I'm going to say it. Interview of the year. I oh, so. wow. I guys, so. Thank I, you. Well, I, I think. I mean, There's still see. time. Yeah, yeah, it's only October. <laughs> you can pull the final hurdle. We're about to drop a bomb here, and you're like, "What on earth?" No, I mean, there's a hole. There's November or December yet. That's true. I mean, they could get the actual Robert Rodriguez. What they haven't said is they've only interviewed one person this year. <laughs> yeah. With us. yeah. Have you been listening to our one podcast? <laughs> oh crap! Uh, actually, it, I do have to apologize because just from you guys saying. You know, oh, yeah, we'll talk to anybody as far as filmmakers. You're going to get a bunch of emails going, hey, we heard you on that that crazy <laughs> That's podcast. Cool. We have a question for you guys. And then you're like, oh. why does Eric and Larry suck so much? <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on. Uh, and But see, here's the thing. It's you guys, you guys are, I, I, I don't know. I just, I just want to say thank you guys. For, yeah, from the yeah. bottom of our hearts, thank and you so much for coming on. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the fact that you just started, you, you yes, you took all this time to make a film, but it really started when you started looking for distribution, and and that was part of it too. I mean, in in filmmaking one hundred and one, that's like distribution yeah. wars, and that's what you want. <laughs> and so, um, you guys, I I I I would ask, but. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if your uh, distributor went, well, what else have you got? What else do you have lined up? Um, and that wouldn't surprise me at all. If it hasn't happened yet, just wait, because this movie is that type of film. This is, you know, when you talk about your inspirations and, you know, 
when when I was in a band, I wanted to be like Guns N' Roses. And, yeah. you know, now I, I watch movies and I go, man, I love like what you guys are talking about. Steven Spielberg, the movements, the light, the, everything. Um, and your film really has it all. It has wow. the acting, which is beautiful. Um, <laughs> and again, I just saw the freaking trailer and I'm like, I can't, you know, but, but the aesthetic, the look, the color, um, this is... This is going to be one of those movies that does transcend people that think they don't like this stuff. It will transcend and it will grow. I, I wouldn't wow. be surprised. If so. Thank, Thank you. you very Thank much. You. And we hope that like, if anybody is inspired by the process to, I, we just hope that they, I don't know, that they, they take something from it and they don't have to take five years to make a film. They could raise a bit of money, you know, probably not a bad idea. Go on Kickstarter or something, get something or whatever it is. Just, I don't know, just take some action. Everything starts with a decision to just go, you know what, I'm going to pick up the camera. Or I'm going to pick up my, my, my pencil or my keyboard and start writing. And uh, that's what we did. And, and here we are. So it can happen and uh, we'll see where things go. Hopefully people enjoy the film, but you know, we're just proud to have got this far, really. Which, yeah, I mean, we're it's a cliche, right? Because you hear people say this, and you think, oh, but really? But actually, we're here at the end now, and we are. We're so pleased with the film. Like you have this image in your mind of what you think it could be when you're writing it. When you go, I think this would be a good story. I think this would be a great movie, and it has become that, and it has become more than that. And actually, the greatest gift that we have received from making cosmos is the friends that we've made because of it mm -hmm. the family that we've built with the actors we become great mate we still see each other you know we see each other weekly daily um sometimes we've <laughs> become we went to one of the guys weddings you know wow. it's yeah. all become a team and that is the unforeseen gift of filmmaking that we all get like we're now your friends yeah. we, yeah. we, we we've we've we found you guys fellow filmmakers because of Cosmos. And it's just, uh, you think you're doing it for one reason. Oh yeah. Uh, but actually in a very like movie-esque <laughs> way, it's who you become along the way that matters, you know, and who you meet along the journey. So get out there and make your movies, but uh, who you'll see and who you'll meet and what you'll end up with is, is what it's all about really, so. Beautiful. And I think that's the perfect way to end the episode with those statements. Um, really quick, the release date is the um VOD release date, November eighth, correct? That's correct. Yeah, the film is coming out in uh, select theaters in the in the US, uh, but also but it's coming out worldwide on demand on uh, video on demand on November eighth, and that's. It's on all sorts of platforms, iTunes, Vimeo, Prime, uh, Google Play. So wherever you are, there, there should be a way to see it. And it's currently available to pre-order on iTunes. Look at that. Interested. What a plug. I know. That is a bit of a plug. Sorry, guys. Again, all the links to, for all of that, all your guys' links. Well, in fact, I'll just leave your um, talk link, the tree thing that's in your Instagram. Oh, link. yeah, the link tree. Called? Oh, yeah, link yeah, tree. I'll yeah. just leave that, and it'll take you guys to all of their stuff. Elliot, Xander. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show. It was an absolute blast. Um, Larry, anything you want to say before I close really quick? Less than three words. <laughs> Thank you. And don't forget, uh, November the 7th, you have to get your tickets for the premiere. If you miss it, that's your fault. 
thank you guys very much. No, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, guys. Remember not to hang up anybody and everybody. Remember. Hang up. No, I'm joking. Oh, and he <laughs> just came up. Oh, sorry. And remember, everybody, be excellent to each other.